0: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Bible in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's voice and live life through the lens of Scripture. The Bible in a Year podcast is brought to you by Ascension. Using the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, we'll read all the way from Genesis to Revelation, discovering how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. It is day 200. Sound the alarm, you guys. (laughs) That's awesome. Day 200. You, You know what that means. There's 165 more days to go, which you're on the downward slope in a massive way. Also, 200 there should be a celebration. You should get you should get an award, some kind of certificate that just indicates your accomplishment in just being faithful to the Lord, who's so faithful to you. It probably these first two hundred days probably have not been perfect. And that's awesome. That's good because that's how it's supposed to be, right? We are not we are not perfect people. We just are called to be faithful to the Lord. When we fall down, we ask Him to pick us back up. When we stop, we ask Him to help us start again. And here you have done it. It's for. 200 times you have pressed play and have let the Lord speak to you today is no different. Today on day 200, we are reading Isaiah chapter 18, 19, and 20. We're also reading Nehu, the prophet Nahum, or Nehum, uh, chapters 1 and 2. We're also reading Proverbs 10, verses 25 to 28. As always, the Bible translation that I am reading from is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition. I'm using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension. If you want to download your own Bible in a Year reading plan, you can visit ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a Year. You can also subscribe to this podcast to receive daily episodes if you have the ability to do so. But as I said, it is day one Not 100, we left that, that was yesterday, that is not today. It is day 200, and we are reading Isaiah 18, 19, and 20, Nehum, or the prophet Nahum, 1 and 2, and Proverbs 10, verses 25 through 28. The book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 18. Ah, land of wearing wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, which sends ambassadors by the Nile in vessels of papyrus upon the waters. Go, you swift messengers, to a nation tall and smooth, to a people feared near and far, a nation mighty and conquering, whose land the rivers divide. All you inhabitants of the world, you who dwell on the earth, when a signal is raised on the mountains, look. When a trumpet is blown, hear. For thus the Lord said to me, I will quietly look from my dwelling, like clear heat in sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the blossom is over and the flower becomes a ripening grape, he will cut off the shoots with pruning hooks and the spreading branches he will hew away. They shall all of them be left to the birds of prey of the mountains and to the beasts of the earth. And the birds of prey will summer upon them and all the beasts of the earth will winter upon them. At that time, gifts will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth, from a people feared near and far, a nation mighty and conquering, whose land the rivers divide, to Mount Zion, the place of the name of the Lord of hosts. Chapter 19, An Oracle Concerning Egypt An Oracle Concerning Egypt Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud. And comes to Egypt, and the idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence, and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them. And I will stir up Egyptians against Egyptians, and they will fight every man against his brother, and every man against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. The spirit of the Egyptians within them will be emptied out, and I will confound their plans. And they will consult the idols, and the sorcerers, and the mediums, and the wizards, And I will give over the Egyptians into the hand of a hard master, and a fierce king will rule over them, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. And the waters of the Nile will be dried up, and the river will be parched and dry, and its canals will become foul, and the branches of Egypt's Nile will diminish and dry up, reeds and rushes will rot away. There will be bare places by the Nile, on the brink of the Nile, and all that is sown by the Nile will dry up, be driven away, and be no more. The fishermen will mourn and lament all who cast hook in the Nile, and they will languish who spread nets upon the water. The workers in combed flax will be in despair, and the weavers of white cotton. Those who are the pillars of the land will be crushed, and all who work for hire will be grieved. The princes of Zoan are utterly foolish. The wise counselors of Pharaoh give stupid counsel. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am a son of the wise, a son of ancient kings? Where then are your wise men? Let them tell you and make known what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. The princes of Zoan have become fools and the princes of Memphis are deluded. Those who are the cornerstones of her tribes have led Egypt astray. The Lord has mingled within her a spirit of confusion and they have made Egypt stagger in all her doings as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. And there will be nothing for Egypt which head or tail, palm branch or reed may do. In that day, the Egyptians will be like women and tremble with fear before the hand which the Lord of hosts shakes over them, and the land of Judah will become a terror to the Egyptians. one to whom it is mentioned will fear because of the purpose which the Lord of hosts has purposed against them in that day, there will be five cities in the land of Egypt which speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. One of these will be called the City of the Sun. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior and will defend and deliver them. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and worship with sacrifice and burnt offering. And they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. And the Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing. And they will return to the Lord, and he will heed their supplications and heal them. In that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. In that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my heritage. Chapter 20. The Conquest of Egypt and Ethiopia. In the year that the commander-in-chief, who was sent by Sargon, the king of Assyria, came to Ashdod and fought against it and took it, at that time the Lord had spoken by Isaiah the son of Amoz, saying, Go, and loose the sackcloth from your loins, and take off your shoes from your feet. And he had done so walking naked and barefoot. The Lord said, As my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign and a portent against Egypt and Ethiopia, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptians' captives and the Ethiopians' exiles, both the young and the old, naked and barefoot, with buttocks uncovered, to the shame of Egypt. Then they shall be dismayed and confounded, because of Ethiopia their hope and of Egypt their boast. And the inhabitants of this coastland will say in that day, Behold, this is what has happened to those in whom we hoped and to whom we fled for help to be delivered from the king of Assyria. And we, how shall we escape? The Book of Nahum, Chapter 1 God's Wrath Toward Nineveh and Peace for Judah An Oracle Concerning Nineveh The Book of the Vision of Nahum of Elkosh The Lord is a jealous God and avenging. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on His adversaries and keeps wrath for His enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and of great might. And the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are the dust of His feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither, the bloom of Lebanon fades. The mountains quake before him, the hills melt. The earth is laid waste before him, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire and the rocks are broken asunder by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. But with an overflowing flood, he will make a full end of his adversaries and will pursue his enemies into darkness. What do you plot against the Lord? He will make a full end. He will not take vengeance twice on his foes. Like entangled thorns, they are consumed like dry stubble. Did not one come out from you who plotted evil against the Lord and counseled villainy? Thus says the Lord, though they be strong and many, they will be cut off and pass away. Though I have afflicted you, I will afflict you no more. And now I will break his yoke from off you and will burst your bonds asunder. The Lord has given commandment about you. No more shall your name be perpetuated. From the house of your gods I will cut off the graven image and the molten image. I will make your grave, for you are vile. Behold, on the mountains the feet of him who brings good tidings, who proclaims peace. Keep your feasts, O Judah. Fulfill your vows, for never again shall the wicked come against you. He is utterly cut off. Chapter 2, The Overthrow of Nineveh The shatterer has come up against you. Man the ramparts, watch the road, gird your loins, collect all your strength, for the Lord is restoring the majesty of Jacob as the majesty of Israel, for plunderers have stripped them and ruined their branches. The shield of his mighty men is red His soldiers are clothed in scarlet The chariots flash like flame when mustered in array The chargers prance The chariots rage in the streets They rush back and forth through the squares They gleam like torches They dart like lightning The officers are summoned They stumble as they go They hasten to the wall The mantlet is set up The river gates are opened The palace is in dismay Its mistress is stripped She is carried off her maidens lamenting, moaning like doves and beating their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose waters run away. Halt, halt, they cry, but none turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. There is no end of treasure or wealth of every precious thing. Desolate, desolation and ruin. Hearts faint and knees tremble. Anguish is on all loins. All faces grow pale. Where is the lion's den, the cave of the young lions, where the lion brought his prey, where his cubs were, with none to disturb? The lion tore enough for his whelps, and strangled prey for his lionesses. He filled his caves with prey, and his dens with torn flesh. Utter Ruin of the Evil City Behold, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will burn your chariots in smoke, and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth and the voice of your messengers shall no more be heard. The book of Proverbs chapter 10 verses 25 through 28. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous ends in gladness, but the expectation of the wicked comes to nothing. Father in heaven, we give you praise and glory. Always, every single day, Lord, we get to, once again, lift up your name. We get to declare your mighty deeds. We get to declare what you've done for us. And so, Lord, let this be a day like all those other days where we get to declare your works and praise you and praise your name. Let's speak of your name to those around us and speak of your name to those who know you and those who do not yet know you because you are a God of redemption. You are a God of mercy. You're a God who can, you can enter into this broken world and you can bring healing. Lord God, we ask that you please bring us healing. Bring our hearts healing this day and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, in the name, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so in Isaiah chapter 18, 19, and 20, there's some kind of a, I would say kind of an important thing to highlight. It is gonna be incredibly important. So I was reading a commentary that said that Chapter 18 of the book of Isaiah is the most um, vague and obscure of all of the chapters. Isaiah has 66 chapters. And they said, yeah, chapter 18, just we don't really know what's going on. But we do know that it is about it is about the nation of Ethiopia. And at one point in chapter 19 and 20, what's going to happen is Israel is going to enter into some kind of alliance with Ethiopia and with Egypt against Assyria. And this is really, really important. Um, it highlights, once again, yes, here is the oracle concerning Ethiopia. Ethiopia in chapter 18, an oracle concerning Egypt in chapter 19, and once again, there's always this call, get rid of your idols, because what's going to happen is the Lord says, I will stir up Egyptians against Egyptians, they'll fight, they'll fight against each other, city against city, kingdom against kingdom, and I'll get rid of all of, I need to get rid of all of these idols, and in fact, those false gods of the Egyptians, ah, they have to be defeated, at some point they have to be Defeated. So once again, God's call back to himself. But there's this incredible work, an incredible word of redemption at the end of chapter 19. It's almost, it's so powerful that it's confusing because the Lord says, in that day, this is the end of chapter 19. The Lord says, in that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed. That that this alliance between Egypt, Assyria, and Israel, here's God saying, I'm going to do something good with it. And he goes on to say, blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my heritage. And you think, wait, record scratch? Are Are you serious? Who, when, ever would the Lord God say, blessed be Egypt, my people? Because Egypt were the enslavers of his people. Or, or even Assyria, the work of my hands. Assyria were the worst. Man, oh man, they were awful. They the, the the stories about what the Assyrians would do to all their enemies was just, is overwhelming. And yet here is God saying, yeah, Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my heritage. And you just think, okay, this has got to be, this is almost a, not a joke, but it is virtually impossible that this could ever happen. And yet, What do we have in the new covenant? We have God who restores us. You know, St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, he says, maybe for a good person, one might find the courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then (laughs) that we've been reconciled to him. Here's this God who died for his enemies to make them his friends. He died for his enemies to make him his sons and daughters in Romans chapter 5. And here, here is the enemy of the people, Egypt and Assyria, saying, blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my heritage. Now, later on in chapter 20, this very short chapter, and it's kind of more of a narrative chapter as opposed to the others, which are prophetic chapters. This is where Isaiah lives out his prophetic word in his very body, what the Lord of the Lord came to him. And he said, go loose the sackcloth from your loins, basically be naked, take off your shoes from your feet. And he did this. For three years walking naked and barefoot and he's saying and God says as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign against Egypt and Ethiopia so the king of Assyria will lead the way the Egyptian captives and the Ethiopians exiles all of them because what's going to happen is the as- king of Assyria is going to dominate he's going to destroy Ethiopia he's going to destroy Egypt not from the face of the earth obviously I mean they still exist but and he's going to defeat them massively and Ah, it's just one of those times where Isaiah, just like we're going to see Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they have to, like we saw Hosea, have they live out the words of prophecy. But we also see how horrible Assyria is and how violent Assyria can be. Yesterday, we talked about the prophet Joel and how spears were coming out of pruning hooks and how plowshares are made into swords and talked about in this broken world, this reality that so many people experience of violence constantly. And I don't wanna say the need for war, I'm not saying that, but the reality of, of war is so real. What happens in the book of the prophet Nahum, right? Or Nahum is about the overthrow of Nineveh. And the entire book of Nahum is, you know, only three chapters long, just like Joel. And what happens is, God is prophesying what's going to happen. He's prophesying that at some point, uh, Assyria is going to be destroyed. And what's going to happen is Babylon is going to come in As, as bad as Assyria has been. There is a bigger bad, and this is the cycle of violence. In fact, this is the cycle of violence that Nahum is prophesying about and even against. Because this is it, right? We have... Uh, Assyria is followed by Babylon is followed by Persia is followed by Greece is followed by Rome. And just like this perpetuation of dominance, perpetuation of violence, perpetuation of one kingdom beats another kingdom, beats another kingdom. One person beats another person. And Nahum is describing that ultimately what's going to happen is if we keep on in this, in this series, a progression of violence, not only, not only are we, is that a road to destruction but he says that God is grieved in this, that actually the Lord himself cares about the death of the innocent. The Lord himself actually does not want this to happen. This cycle of violence is, is awful. God hates it. And, and this is incredible, there will be God's judgment on those who use violence to dominate. There'll be God's judgment on those who use violence to to dominate, and that is, if you want to say, if there's, if there's any message of the book of the prophet Nahum, it's that, it's that. Yes, there's a cycle of violence in this world, and there's the cycle, cycle of wanting to dominate and to harm the innocent. But God cares about the innocent. He cares about the lives and the sufferings and the deaths of the innocent, and God will bring about His judgment on those who use violence to Dominate and so, yeah, he's going to restore this. And that's what we have, that's what we're going to hear tomorrow in chapter three, where God is going to <laughs> declare what God always declares, which is his judgment is always oriented towards justice. And so, that's what we're praying for. We pray for justice um, in our lives, in our hearts, in our relationships with other people, as well as in our world today. Ah, oh, you guys, Isaiah chapter 18, 19, 20, Nahum 1 and 2 on day 200. This is phenomenal what a gift to be able to walk with you all um man let's keep praying for each other i'm praying for you please pray for me my name is father mike i cannot wait to see you tomorrow god bless